covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman in here, as always, in the hosting chair for these episodes as we're going to bring you an exciting episode that kind of gives you an overlay of one of these new teams. Now, if you've been following along with us in the NAL, you know, they're, they're, we're expanding to eight teams this season for 2023. It is going to be a massive year with plenty of new faces and plenty of talent flying around with the second year of Ironman football. As I want to highlight this as we bring in the team of the hour and, of course, my co-host of the hour with Jim Renier. As we have everyone here, well, we should have everybody here, here at some point, it looks like. Uh, but to put this together, we have the collective big group of the West Texas World Warbirds joining us. We got an all-star lineup of guys that will give you all the inside scoops and talks about West Texas and the Odessa community. As you can see on the bottom of the screen, we have head coach Tate Smith joining us. So welcome, head coach. Glad to have you on here with us. We also have Zach Bug, GM and managing partner for the West Texas Warbirds. And we have Leif Curtis, who's one of the co co-owners alongside Michael Curtis as well for the West Texas Warbirds or Leif Curtis. I, he told me to change that to tell me that, and I am not going to leave this recording without screwing, without getting that one corrected. I apologize, sir. Guys, welcome on in uh, again. Thanks for joining. This is a, this is a big effort to get everyone in order to do this show. Um, I'll start out with Leif. I know there's a lot of people here, so I don't want to do <laughs> Be careful with the talk over, but uh, Leif, how are things? I know you're in uh, Colorado Springs right now, right? Yeah, I'm on vacation. <laughs> Year, just using my time before I lose it um, <laughs> for my other job. So, uh, yeah, just taking a little bit of time, getting things right, and uh, just enjoying the week. Hey, I completely understand. I'm about to get some R&R myself with my own job, and I'm getting ready for that. I Everyone can relate to that. Zach, I know you're uh, currently over, of course, working over in Odessa with the Warbirds, at least coming up as this recording's coming. you got a youth football program coming up, right? Uh, yes, sir. That's correct. That's what we're gearing up for this weekend. Nice. And uh, Coach Tate, I know uh, things I assume are going pretty smoothly with the off season, working with uh, other of the community relations as well for yourself. I mean, NAL coaches are very involved community wise, and of course, as well with roster signings and everything of the like. Right. You know, st- sticking with the the recruiting trail, making sure everything's in plan uh, for the the first day uh, of fall camp. All right. Well, things are looking to move along, and we will get a bit more discussion across the board with everybody here. Um, I want to kick things off with I think a lot what a lot of people are asking about, is, at least if you're talking about expansion teams. Uh, I'll go to you, Leif, here uh, for some background. Um, process, joining the NAL. Um, you guys have had a unique path, I would say, towards starting up this franchise, uh, you, your, you and your family, of course. Um, and now you're here in one of the top two largest arena indoor leagues in the country. Um, talk about the story of the West Texas Warbirds. Oh, wow. So um, I originally worked for the Venom. So I worked for the Amarillo Venom and um, worked for the soccer league as well. Um, kind of fell into the Odessa market because the people that were running the soccer team in Odessa weren't doing their jobs. So I also took, um, I took that team over as well as my deputy commissioner duties, as well as my Emerald Venom uh, duties. And then when, when it came time, um, you know, I was moving on from the league. I was doing all that good stuff. And then they said, hey, um, you know, let's buy this soccer team. The soccer team fell through, but of course I knew the CIF. 
So um, they offered me, offered us, you know, an expansion team in Odessa. Um, that was October of 2019. So um, we know what happened roughly six months later. Um, sat out that year, um, did not go back into the CIF. Just good. They were using Coliseum as a vaccination site. So we couldn't get into the Coliseum really until uh, late May, early June. Um, uh, we played that one season in 2021. Then we played this past season in 2022. Um, for different reasons, I can't get into this 2022 season right now. Um, <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, when we got kicked out of that league, you know, for no reason at all, um, well, really, I'll, I can say the reason that we got kicked out of league is because we refused to pay the um, – the league's portion of the uh, championship travel. Um, so we got kicked out of the league for that. I had the unfortunate incident with the Dallas Prime. Uh, we moved on from that. And really at that point, it was it was between the IFL and the NAL. And where we were trying to go with our organization, what we wanted to see happen with the game itself, try to differentiate, or differentiate ourselves, the NAL made sense. Um, we have nothing against the IFL. We think the IFL is good in their own right, but for what we wanted to do, the NAL made sense. Um, we enjoyed our times with Chris and Rob and all the rest of the other partners. Um, and then it happened really, really fast. I think, it, gosh, Zach can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think within a week of turning in our application, we had our expansion fee sent in and we were making plans in Albany. So, um, yeah, so that's where we're at right now. Wow, I mean, did talk about talk about the accelerated timeline. I mean, you know, I think that's what what's just nuts is you know, it's it kind of for you guys. It seems like it's it's come so fast. But I mean, everything we've seen so far, you guys look very prepared to take on this challenge. And not to mention, you guys, you know, we talked about this with San Antonio last year, and I'll let I'll get I'll let Jim get here get a next question in um, after this. Is that you know, you guys are kind of anchoring a westward movement for the NAL that a lot of people still are saying, hey, you know will this will this pan out because i mean you know the league it's been trying to get expansion you know settled and staying together and they the thing is everyone goes just like the you know we're talking the old manifest destiny of the west here for the u.s you know even like the nal move out there go this way um how do you see yourselves with say yourself in uh san antonio out in texas being those anchors well i mean um you know, to, to your first point, it was always important for us, no matter what league we were in, that we were going to conduct ourselves professionally. Um, and so that way, when we made the moves to the higher leagues, it wouldn't be a huge adjustment for us. Um, and I think that's what's going to serve us really well, uh, making this move. And it's going to make us a good anchor along with San Antonio. Uh, you know, San Antonio, they changed their ownership up four games in the last season, I think. And mm -hmm. you saw the saw the change in their direction. You're going to get a lot of the same. People think we're new, but we're not new. We've got an organization of people who have been doing this for a while now, um, call each other out on our stuff, and we want to make sure that we're always striving for excellence. Uh, so you've got two really good anchors out here in the West uh, that are just going to help propel this into uh, the next growth that we're 
so my question you brought it up earlier i didn't i wasn't going to bring it up until you did um when you guys were announced as the expansion team in the league, a lot of the people who follow this league remember that incident against the Dallas Prime and how it was almost like a black-eyed organization. Can you tell the fans how your organization is not what you've seen, that 30, like, three-minute news clip that was, you know, spamming the internet on that April day? Um, I mean, really, just look at the tape. You know, you see towards the end of it, I gosh, most of our team is walking off of the field into the locker room. Um, you know, there's only a handful of guys, that handful, of, not even a handful of guys, I think it was two. Two guys were in the skirmish at all, and really it was just breaking them up and getting them off of the person that was ejected. So both our guy and their guy got ejected. Their guy came after our guy, and it spilled over from there. Um, as they were walking out of the arena, um, they went after our guy. So really a lot of it was just getting them back into their locker room. And then we had it all calmed down. And then the fan with the chair exploded it again. Um, still don't know who that fan is. Would love to know who that fan is. Um, but that, you know, people say that's somebody that's in our organization. It's not. Um, the two players that were in the skirmish, they were dealt with. They're no longer part of the organization. Um it's not who we are. It's never who we claim to be. It's never who we had been before. Uh, really, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to really lay it out there any any plainer than that. Uh, Tate doesn't run that kind of team. Mm-hmm. We, me, Zach don't run that kind of organization. Um, it's never been who we are. It's not what we're about. We've taken precautionary steps to make sure that teams no longer have paths across um, when we're going to locker rooms. Um, you're pretty much off the field and in your locker room with our new arena setup. Uh, so, you know, just different things, unfortunately, that we didn't have, you know, a good foresight on that could have been prevented, but we've taken care of it now. Um, and, I, it, you know, I don't, the Dallas Prime do a lot of good things for their community. Um, but at the same time, we're coming to the NAL where that's not going to be a problem. Right, we're not going to run that that kind of organization. Um, and I, I'm just—I always speak the truth. If I rub people the wrong way, sorry. If you're watching this podcast from the Dallas Prime, but it is what it is. Um, you know, we find out after the fact that they're kind of known for it, um, especially when they're getting beat fifty to six. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, not us, guys. Zach, Tate, you guys can chime in on that as well if you guys have anything to add to it. Um, so let's get moving along. So the Warbirds, the mentality, uh, the name, what gave, what was the path to get that name, the Warbirds, and how does it resemble the city of Odessa? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll pass it to Tate after mm-hmm. I, I, the name was a naming contest. So, okay. right. But as far as the Warbird mentality, that's Coach Smith, and I'll let him talk to that. All right. So I think that the naming behind it, you know, when you think of Warbirds, you obviously, our logo and everything is very military related. Uh, a lot of people out in West Texas have military ties. Um, people who I graduated with, it, everybody has military ties at some point in time throughout their, their life. But uh, for us, it's our mentality as, as how we play. And uh, that mentality is, is from day one when we start our meetings, our Zoom meetings. and breaking down our, our 
plan, our, our, our goals, uh, that's kind of where we start. And it's just a structure. Uh, it's kind of the West Texas, you know, uh, football mentality way of life out here and in, in where we live. Uh, and, and knowing, you know, Friday Night Lights, high school football is really big out here. Obviously, Texas Tech, you know, they're, they're rocking and rolling again. So uh, it's, it's just that people around here want football to be great football, not just okay or good. They want great football. And so when you have that uh, right at your back, you've got to be able to have that, that standard set at a high level and, and got to get guys to be able to, to match that intensity and play at that level. Mm-hmm. Co- Coach Ted, you kind of jumped into a little bit of this question I wanted to ask. Just, you're a native of Odessa. Describe the Odessa, Texas uh, community there. Well, people in Odessa, Midland, surrounding areas, uh, you know, we really, we don't have a professional football team. The closest one is four and a half hours away, the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Uh, the, the closest, you know, MLB team is four and a half hours away in Arlington. So uh, when you start looking at things like that, um, people rely on high school football and they fall on that. That's where they go. That's what they're used to. And being a high school football coach, I also coach at Permian as a wide receiver coach, co-passing co, uh, game coordinator, uh, whatever title they want to give me over there. I don't, I really could care less. Uh, just coaching kids and being able to coach a game of football, that's what I care about. And uh, giving back to the community. But at the same aspect, people in this town love football and they want to come watch football. They obviously, uh, a lot of people live back in the glory days of Odessa Permian, back when they were winning state championship after state championship. Uh, you know, the book, Friday Night Lights, obviously was written in 88, 89. Mm-hmm. They won a state and national championship. The very next year that my cousin was a part of, he played in the AFL. He also played in the NFL. Uh, he played arena football uh, under the Tampa Bay Storm and the San Jose Sabercats, where I got a lot of, you know, our, our stuff from. And then, you know, going into his brother played at Permian. He won in 91, won a state championship. I played quarterback at Permian, where I was uh, part of the team that brought Permian kind of back on the map after them being dormant, uh, not making the playoffs for 10 years. Uh, And then so that propelled me. And then my brother was on the team in 08 that was undefeated until they played Allen, which our assistant head coach, our wide receiver coach, uh, he's a native of Odessa too. He used to coach at Permian, but then he coached at Allen with Kyler Murray and everything, and they beat uh, Permian to get to the state championship game. So, uh, football here, getting back to the original question is very vital to our community. When football is really, really good, uh, in the fall, things are really, really good in the area. And if things are down, you know, oil fields down or whatnot, football is what they lean on. And when that's really good, people are really excited around town. Now in the spring, um, when we used to have the West Texas Roughnecks, I was privileged to be an assistant coach under that, that, that organization, that when things were really good in the spring with the Roughnecks, things were good year-round because we had really, really good, really good football in the fall. You came and you, you got to watch an organization with the Roughnecks that was known for being very dominant uh, at, at what used to be called the Rough House uh, when we were the Roughnecks. And, and so now we've kind of carried that legacy on and uh, – you know, now it's the hangar and, you know, we just want to keep winning football games and, and putting on a show for, for the community and the people of West Texas. Nice. I, I got to ask, and I'll, I want to bring Zach into this conversation with here, because I think this is a great for GM and coach. I mean, 
being, I mean, Odessa being, I mean, you're just being in Texas. You talk about the state itself. I have to imagine recruiting and talent level, at least for the state, you know, has to be an excellent place to at least look around and say, okay, we have a plethora of a player pool of guys that are, that can be from larger high school programs or programs that have very much more dedicated football programs in this country, right in the heartland of, you know, a football hotbed in the U S. Uh, and Zach, if you would like, you, I'd kick you off. I'd, like I said, I feel like I've been, <laughs> I feel like we've been no, <laughs> leaving you, you for the last piece of this. <laughs> I mean, this question is honestly more for Tate. Uh, you know, I, I do help out in areas that I need to help out on, but he knows what he wants in his players. And if he asked me for my opinion, of course, I'd give it anytime he wants it. He may not like it at the end of the day, but, it, you know, his record speaks for itself. So whatever he wants in his players, that's what he gets. And as in recruiting wise, that, yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing on our side of the world, you know, a lot of players are, are wanting to play for us. And, you know, that's players recruiting players. So when you sign a player that, you know, a lot of these other guys like, it, it works in our favor as well. But whenever you have, you know, a coaching staff like Tate says, uh, and all the expertise and, and the knowledge and, and the years of experience that they have and, and the history behind West Texas, there's a lot more to it. And it makes recruiting a lot easier in reality. But I mean, I'll let Tate touch on that because, you know, this is his team at the end of the day, whether I'm the GM or not. Oh, absolutely. Love, love to hear it, Coach Tate. What you got for us on this? Well, recruiting is, is very vital, obviously, to this sport. You know, you are able now in the NAL being one of the top, uh, you know, the top, I think, in my opinion, the top um, arena football program or conference that there is. And, you know, that's how I learned was true arena football. So this is as close to true arena that we can get. Um, Obviously, there's several rules that are, you know, still a little different from the original game, but uh, very, very, very similar. If you go back and you look even back in the 80s of the arena game, you know, going to the 90s, early 2000s, obviously a change over time. The game changes. Uh, but these guys being from Texas and having the resources that we have in Texas, obviously with Texas high school football, uh, knowing guys, being able to call and, and, and uh, even a guy like Kerry Starks being from uh, Houston area. Well, you know, I knew a yes. guy, our head coach is from Houston, uh, at, at Westfield or sorry, he was at, uh, Galena park North shore. And then he had a buddy that coached him back in high school that now is at Westfield. So it's, it's just kind of a deal where we can communicate that way. These guys knowing their high school background. And then obviously, uh, a lot of high school coaches now are, moving to the college ranks. And what I mean by that is, is there a quality control or there are a high school analyst or there are a high school director of high school relations um, and things like that. So now we can use that to our advantage to call those guys up and say, hey, I, I got a question about this guy. You may have played against him, uh, you know, or guys from Texas Tech. We got a, several guys that were at Tech when, uh, uh, you know, our coach Fred has connections at Tech still. So we're able to use that avenue to help us out in recruiting Texas guys or even guys that didn't play in Texas but uh, played against some teams in the Big 12 or played against some teams that are that are Division Two that are in Texas. So that definitely helps out tremendously uh, being one of the biggest states in the U.S. It, it's definitely the, the, the pull of athletic ability is phenomenal. Right on. Well, as they say, Texas, not, nothing's bigger than Texas. But in football-wise, you do have competition between California and Florida. Um, but still, let's get into the players. You Kerry Starks, uh, 
he was a beast in the NL last year with the Columbus Lions. And I see that you guys uh, um, brought in the quarterback from the, I think it's Campbell from Bismarck from last year to compete for the position. What is the mentality? What type of team are you trying to uh, form in West Texas? Because there's different type of mentalities in the NAL because Columbus is a very defensive-minded team. Carolina's a very defensive-minded team. People are thinking defense in the NAL is like – what there's no 24 to 10 scores. Like, no, if you hold an opponent under 30 points in arena football, you have a pretty good defense. Uh, are you going to be that offense that's going to try to, you're going to try and out, how can I phrase this? Be like what the Jacksonville Sharks were last year. They're not going to stop you. You got to outscore them because that's the type of game. They're going to try to shoot you out. Uh, and other teams are trying to play, you know, keep the game under 50 points type of ordeal. How's, how's the Warbirds going to be playing this year or the mentality? Is it more defensive, more offensive, more excitement, it, more boringness? <laughs> well, well, for, for me, I think it goes back to knowing your opponent, who you're facing. You know, if it's a team that's going to be more defensive-minded uh, going in, tougher to score, obviously there's things that we got that we have to do offensively to, to be able to uh, attack that team. Obviously, if they're a high-scoring offense, and we know that, um, there's things that we have to do to prepare for that defensively. But to answer your question, how our mentality is, is we want to be mentally and physically tough football team, which goes back to the West Texas mentality. That's how it was when I started under Chris Williams. That was our philosophy. That's how our philosophy was with, with Coach Brents when he, when he was coaching here, when I went down to uh, RGV when I was in, in the deuce with, with Benny King. That's how our mentality was, was we want to be mentally and physically tough. And if we can be able to do that at a high level, uh, we're going to be okay. So um, to answer your question, I can't tell you what we're going to be until I get these guys in here and know, I know this, that my goal in recruiting and what I asked our recruiting coordinator and defensive coordinator, Coach Jermaine Blakely, and, and obviously Zach, when we were doing this recruiting process with our position coaches, was if they cannot play both ways or, or be two-way guys, I don't want them. Because obviously in this league, uh, yeah, you can have an offense specialist or a defensive specialist, uh, but at the end of the day, somebody gets hurt, and then now we got to pull that defense specialist off of him. Can he play on offense and help us out if we need another guy that could potentially play one way if our athletic trainer staff and our doctors clear him to play? It may have to change. So I don't mm -hmm. ever want to be in a position where, up oh, this guy's only a defensive specialist. He can't play. There were several guys that, that reached out to us that we talked to that, Coach, I just want to be the offense specialist. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't tell you if you're going to be that guy or not. Uh, it's a week-to-week -week deal how our coaching staff feels, and it's not mm -hmm. just a Coach Smith decision on this. It's all of, of, of the position coaches that I have, our coordinators, when we have our meetings, who is the guys that we need uh, on the field when it's, when it's game time to help win the football game? What's the best situation to put us in to win? Uh, guys that I've leaned on for the past two years, I've been blessed with our coaching staff. Uh, I've only had to hire really two new guys in, in two years, and now they're coming back with me. I've got everybody returning. So the the teaching curve in the in the coach's office is nice because we don't have to sit there and break down everything again. They know the expectations from me. They know the expectations from Leif and from Zach. Uh, and, and that makes it very, very easy. Our players were very black and white, very transparent with our players, our expectations. Uh, and so when, when that goes into play, when you play the game, you you got to figure it out as the game goes on. Because there's some people like in the previous leagues, you know, Amarillo, they were a score quick, fast, hurrying off in offense. Mm -hmm. And we sit there, hey, our goal was we need two stops per half to slow them down and we can win the, 
you know, the Texas Cup or the Texas Championship, and we were able to do so. But uh, at the same time, obviously, we know what puts butts in seats, and that's offense. You know, if you have a high-powered offense, people want to come see all the high-powered action. But also we know that, hey, we got to make some stops defensively. Uh, and most importantly, I tell the guys all the time, is the, this, the game of football is meant to be fun. So when you go out and play, have fun doing it. Right. I, I mean, you're look, to me – that's something I've been dying to ask you and if and when we were going to get this going, which was going to be an, it was going to be a win always. But, you know, like I said, you're diving headfirst, all of you into Ironman now, you know, so you're all right. You kind of highlight already. I think the challenges with telling people like, Hey, look, this is uh this is filling a team need first. We do have specialists, but we got to focus on what's best for our team that makes the best possible roster out there. And sometimes that takes maybe some changes or some sacrifices on that one player. Um, what I mean, you you have any more to add on the Ironman game for you yourself, Zach or Leif? I mean, how how do you guys view the second year of it returning? Um, it still is uh, ever evolving, but at least to us, it felt like it got better last year in the NAL as time went on when things were getting the system down. I, I felt like watching. You know, I, I guess I'm a film junkie because I go back and I've. I watched them from the very beginning, and I've watched several teams. Obviously, the teams that we're going to face early, you know, obviously Empire and then the, the Cobras, oh, yeah. uh, our first two opponents, you know, that were in the championship. Here you, here you go. We get one and two right <laughs> out the gate. So uh, let, let's put our big boy pants on and let's go, right? But uh, <laughs> right. They're, they're both very good, very good organizations, very good teams. Uh, so we got to make sure that all our eyes are dotted, T's crossed, and ready to go. Uh, but as you look early on, I think that there was some confusion with coaches on how the – Ironman rules work, what needs to take place. The good thing for us is, is that our coaching staff have coached either, you know, coached or played A1 or coached A2. So we understand that that, that scheme, what we're trying to do. Obviously, you know, the big difference was is when, when we were doing it, there was only really one Ironman. The quarterback was separate from that Ironman rule. So right. a little different having, you know, three guys on offense, three guys on defense, and a special teams player that are that are considered – you know, that, that are defense specialists and everybody else flips both ways. But, you know, I think it kind of, in a sense, makes it easier uh, having that many guys that are just defense or offense specialists. Now we only have to worry about five guys instead of it really being seven at one time. So uh, I think that, you know, the NAL is doing a great job of trying to, how do we get it where from modern day players, these young players that are only used to playing one side of the ball, how do we get them, out of this mindset that, hey, I'm only a receiver or I'm only an offensive lineman. I can flip over and I can play defense or a linebacker. I'm only a linebacker. That's all I've ever played. Well, you can come over and play fullback and do the same thing. And uh, you never know. It may give you a look to, to get brought up now at the, uh, the the NFL, the Canadian League or whatever. We've had several guys that, that have been able to make that jump and go at least to a tryout and see if they're able to play. So, uh I, I actually like the, the league. I like the rules. I like everything involved with it. Uh, makes it very easy for me because my, my background is all A1, A2. So uh, playing in the IFL with, with Coach Williams was, was easy, you know. But mm -hmm. for us, we don't change. We haven't changed. You go back, you look at film on us. We're under center. We're two-by-one formations or, or trips formations, and we're under center. We don't get in the gun. I'm not a gun guy. Everything's on timing. And uh, you can play your IFL rules if you want, but that's how we're going to play, and we're going to we're going to have fun doing it. Yeah, we can't wait to, to see it. I want to and want to actually bring something up. 
as well. This is from the championship, Leif, and you'll remember this. So when the West Texas Warbirds were announced, it was a halftime during the championship. So Chris Siegfried's bringing you out, and he brings out that they can't wait to keep defending that undefeated record. Put it, putting the money, putting their, your their, your guys' money where your mouth is. How do you want to speak on that? I think people have been wanting to hear about about that little well, uh, tidbit. <laughs> I mean, between owners and between us and Chris, I mean, there was there's always that good fun in it, you know. Um, and of course, we we're not naive enough to not know that we're coming into the big boys. Um, and even so, we we got it every week, and it's something that from front office, from myself to Zach to Coach Smith everybody involved regardless come monday or come sunday morning we're zero and zero uh, we got to win the next game it doesn't matter what our record is before um we got to win the next game so saturday night we're one and oh sunday morning we're on up um and that's something that we adopt throughout the whole organization um coach smith makes it very well known we make it very well known that let everybody else do the talking um, we just need to go out and play the game. Um, but yeah, all that was in good fun. I didn't expect Chris to do that in, you know, midfield <laughs> the crowd. Throw a curveball. <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to like throw Zach in front of it, but then you know, at the end of the day I just kinda ate it up and you know, just went to my ear. You, know, you gotta have fun with people. Um but yeah, uh, the record is what the record I, is. I'm actually okay with it, you know. There's there's a target on our back you know at the end of the day and and you know just puts a little more pressure on, on our coach and staff to, to do their thing to go out there and put the players in a position to win the game um it was it was an experience for sure you know the ownership group of, of albany is fantastic outside of you know what happened at halftime of course but um <laughs> uh, it ownership side of the world man life is good you know football players are going to do their thing i know you guys have seen on facebook you know, but like going back on what Leif said, we just want our players to to let their plane do the talking. You know, we're not ones to talk. We never have been. That's not who we are. Uh, at least from my standpoint, that's not what we're going to be about. So we'll go to the football field and just and just let it be. You know, let it do the talking. But the owners, you know, uh, we have our little our little side stuff that that we talk and have fun with and stuff like that. But it's all in good fun between us. We just the coaching staff and football players. You know, they got to do their part, and hopefully, it works in our favor. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, yeah, Zach, still, what a what an intro there. And, of course, like, you know, Coach Tate and you guys know, you know, taking on the two uh, previous championship contenders to start the year, and they're playing in the house, and you got Albany fans sitting there going, oh, I see how it is. Okay. You know, we got to go experience their fans and, you know, what they're about. But, you know, everyone's biased. But uh, West Texas fans are just, uh, are just different. And uh, when they come here for the first time, you know, that's what we're very excited about is – as them getting to experience our environment. You know, we went over there and they put us on the spot. So hopefully we get to do the same, you know, and, and hopefully our fans, uh, they're definitely going to be rowdy, but at the end of the day, you know, it's West Texas love and people will learn that, you know, we're a very loving community uh, outside of that football field or in the hangar, I should say. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I do want to follow this one up and then I'll let, I'll let Jim go, go next year just because it's a perfect lead in Zach. Uh, what is, what do you put and you know, Coach Tate, Leif, you're free to, of course, feel into this conversation. What is the ideal hangar, hangar uh, atmosphere for you guys? Or what's the ideal arena football atmosphere? I think I think everyone's got some principles of it per, per each team. But, you know, everyone wants their own local flair. That's the beauty of arena still is that it's it's got the best of what should be a professional sport with the best of what is on the boots-on-the-ground level, grassroots type of fandom. 
Um, I, I mean, for me, I, I love if you come into our arena, it, it legitimately looks like an airplane. That's why we named it the hangar. Well, there you go. <laughs> and that, I mean, eighteen hundred people. You go in and it sounds like six thousand, seven thousand. It gets loud um, in there. So I mean, um, go but going to you know Albany and just seeing the expansiveness of it. That was a whole new experience. That's something I really enjoyed. Um, but man, I mean, it's just it's a show, right? I mean, outside of the football game, I mean, the football game's a show too. But like, we've got to have entertainment, fights, um, explosions. Um, you know, fun games, fan interaction, a good mascot, which we, I'm far get the best mascot in the world. Uh, yes. But yeah, but th- for me, that's me. Uh, and Zach's pretty new to it. Zach has been more of a fan experience, so I'll, I'll let him talk more on that as well. On um, my side of the world, you know, being just a, a sponsor, you know, the first two seasons, I really and truly it's about the kids. Um, around here in West Texas, especially with the Warbirds organization, we're all about the kids. So anything we can do to make it more exciting and more approachable for these kids, that's what our design is going to be, especially going into this season. Uh, Yes, there's going to be a lot of, you know, talking and jawing and stuff of that nature, but how can we make it more exciting for kids? And one thing I will say is our coaching staff, especially, you know, Tate, it doesn't matter if he's winning by two points or he's winning by 50, he'll walk up to a kid and let him pick a play, and that's the play that he's running. Because at the end of the day, we all are on the same page that it's about the kids. And then we just love it. So anything we can do that makes it more exciting for kids, that at the end of the day, that's truly all that matters to us. And that's why we, you know, the Warbird Foundation and the youth football tournament this you know, week and do it 100% free for our community. So I guess to put everything in a gist, as you guys can probably tell by now, is if it involves kids and it's exciting for kids and if kids have an idea to make it even more exciting, we're all about it. And I know Tate mm-hmm. can touch up on that for sure. You know, I, I think that to answer your first question, and then I'll piggyback off Zach, is every arena has its own mystique or something about it that you remember. And I think that's awesome. You know, I, uh, you know, when we were back in the IFL traveling all over the place, it, it was just green, green. Green Bay comes to mind. I really enjoyed playing in Green mm-hmm. Bay. Uh, it was It was a cool atmosphere, you know. Um, but there's certain places just how the fans interact is that's what you remember. Um, but you know, for me, Odessa, the, the fans are different because they're, they're sitting there and they, they kind of at the beginning, it depends if, if they got to get into the game right away, they will. But if, if the team's doing good and there's really no need to get too rowdy, they don't, they don't. They, they're just kind of relaxed there to watch the show. But as soon as they see that the team may need their help or, uh, you know, something to get something going, they're all, you know, all hands on deck and here they go. And they're loud. Like Leif said, our, our arena gets really, really loud. Um, and it does, I mean, like you said, a thousand fans seems like there's six, 7,000 in the hangar. But uh, <laughs> we, we were blessed that we've had 30, you know, uh, when we were, back with the roughnecks we sold the place out and you couldn't even hear yourself think it was just shaking and and that that's where we want to get back to obviously there's steps that we have to take to get back to those days but obviously when you're winning people want to see a winning program and they want to see a winning organization and more and more people see that going back to off Leif said with kids uh me being a high school football coach being an education i'm always about giving back to kids how can this thing relate to kids and my thing is is our players 
we really interact with our school district, Dutch County ISD, very, very well. Not only am, am I a teacher and a coach with DCISD, but my deal is, hey, we're going to go read the kids. We may have to go to the, the what they call the youth center, the alternative center out there and take some kids who have – uh, some players who may have been in trouble um, and and can relate to those guys and try to help them get out of whatever it is that they're in. Uh, but we're all about trying to help from the youth to to guys that are fixing to graduate and, and help them out. Um, it, it really is special to me now after being the head coach from the start. Uh, I know year one, like Leif said, with COVID, they didn't get to play. So really I was the, right. I was the second head coach, but uh, on record, I'm, I'm the only coach. So uh, seeing that we had no kids or nobody walking around with anything, warbirds on it, and now I'm at Permian High School and I'm walking down the halls and now kids are wearing our stuff, you know, high school kids. And, and nice. then, you know, you go to the mall and you see, uh, you know, kids that are in elementary and they're coming up talking to you. And, and when kids are talking about what's going on with your organization, you know you've kind of done something right. And that's where we want to build on. Obviously, the black guy from last year with the fight and everything, but uh, things happen for, for whatever reasons. We're moved past that. And I think that people know now that the structure that we have set up, what we've explained, uh, parents trust us. They understand our, our entire – most of our staff is now lives in Odessa uh, okay. and, and are from this area. So, you know, people know us, people trust us. They see us in the community. They, they know that we coach high school football or, or used to or retired high school coaches or college coaches. So they know who we are. They see us in the, in the public. They know, uh, you know, what, what we're about. And so that makes it very, very easy. I think for parents, uh, for people in the community to understand that, Hey, you know, the game happened and the end of that game versus the prime happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. We understand that we've moved past it. And then now everybody's asking us, hey, when's your next home game? We're, we're ready to go watch Warbird football again. And, and they're ready to see us play. And uh, I'm excited for it and just thankful that our community make the hangar what the hangar is. Right. And that, well, now you get to advertise all those new new and added uh, rule changes that make it for that exciting new game. You know, we already have, hey, you like the 50 yards, you like the pad, like the walls, you like all the high scoring. Well, now what if we told you there's going to be nets that make things even crazier? What if we told you players have to play two ways? You know, what if we got to tell you that's just going to get more chaotic than it already is on the field, on the field? Right, <laughs> right. That, you know, and that, that stuff actually helps because you know kids are all about the the wow or the awe factor right mm -hmm. and so now they, they come in and they're used to seeing you know just two goalposts hanging up on both sides of the, the arena now they're fixing to come in they're going to see you know these big nets hung up and you know the first thing that comes to mind is like wwe you know <laughs> cage still cage match you know when you think about it but here comes hell uh, in a cell <laughs> yeah exactly but uh now now they're going to get to see okay hey the ball's kicked off the net you know hey, now you can return the ball. Or, hey, quarterback, instead of us having to draw up some Hail Mary play and try to catch the ball, now we can throw the ball off the net and we can go up and, and hey, that's how you end up winning games. And seeing a lot of arena football games won that way. Also seen a lot of arena football games lost that way. But, uh, you know, and having the deuce in play for, for kickoffs and stuff like that, just a point factor. Uh, and understand, I think that at the beginning, um, we had the Uno in, the, in our previous leagues. Now mm -hmm. having the deuce, that, that's a big factor. So, them understanding the, the 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 main concept of the game, I think our fans get. It'll just be a couple of the point issues that, you know, once they figure it out, they're going to understand. And obviously we got those armchair quarterbacks that'll sit there and I'm sure uh, be tweeting and on Facebook questioning why we did what we did. But uh, love it. And uh, that's what makes the game special. Oh, absolutely.
Um, before we close out the show, you were talking about kids. You have to, I have to say that you have one of the most savage mascots on social media right now. Uh, that homeboy has attacked every single organization in the <laughs> NAL. Like, like, where's your mascot at them? And the other team doesn't reply. Whose idea is to get Gunner? And why did you make him so savage for no reason? <laughs> Or how'd you train would be that savage? I guess yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in reality, he's his, he's his own his own person, um, you know. So the mascot kind of kind of gets to float and do their thing. Uh, as in savage wise, uh, it kind of all started in reality. There's more behind the story, which hopefully one day you guys can do a podcast uh, and find that side of the world out. But there's definitely there's more to the story than once he heard there's an award that he can actually win besides winning you know national championships and he can win the NAL mascot of the year. He took that to heart and the guy's out to win this thing and and it's just been real fun to see all the mascots in reality kind of go back and forth trash talking and having a good time and and stuff of that nature. So uh, I I can't really give the answer on why he's such a savage. I mean we love it obviously on our side of the world. I mean, Lake Tate, I have an answer because I don't. <laughs> He's been doing it for so long. I mean, he was the Baylor Bear. His kids are doing mascot stuff now. Okay. Um, his daughter's the Baylor Bear, uh, the female Baylor Bear now. Um, I mean, it's in his blood. He's won national championships. We've had him the whole time. Um, I've known him since before I even had the football team. Um, and, you know, Zach touched on the kids aspect of it. That man loves kids. I mean, more than I can even put into words. Like he will interact with every single kid if it means that he stays extra somewhere, and I think that's what makes it so special about him. Um, but then at the same time, uh, he's funny. I mean, he has a great sense of humor. He can take it as much as he dishes it, um, and he's willing to learn. Um, and he has respect, and like he might give those guys grief, especially Chum or claw or whatever it is but at the end of the day he has great respect for those two guys um and he learned from them um but yeah as far as savagery goes i think a lot of it just comes from the fact that we turned him loose zach and i looked at him and we're like hey man, it's your show bro go do your thing yeah um, we were one of his first targets <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I I can't remember the last time I've seen Chum or Claw talk on social. So that 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 alone, I was like, "All oh, right, it's getting serious in here." You gotta love. He it, went right? after us, and I was like, "Who's who's Gunner? Who's this guy?" And looking like, "Oh, it's the mascot from you West." Me? <laughs> and I was like, "Uh oh, I think we started something." Then after that, he just started going after Jacksonville, Albany, Carolina, Orlando. He went after uh, the Lions, and I think he went I, after Fayetteville. It's like, when, when, when's the mascot launch in Fayetteville? I, I, <laughs> I, I like, think it just is, started. We think this is great, by the way. Like social media engage, engagement as well. I mean, also great mascots. You know, they you know they can they can bring up the atmosphere of a team and the and the home atmosphere oh. too. But like, I think social media wise, you know, for how much more it becomes encompassed in sports, that's such an excellent personality to have in your corner. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a platform, honestly. I mean, name another, I mean, even the NFL, you don't see a lot of mascot interaction. You don't see it in the IFL or anywhere else. So maybe the NEL is the platform to get mascots more exposure out there as well. Yeah, yeah maybe. And I haven't even thought about it that way. We're not, just so you know, the people outside of our organization aren't the only targets. He went after Coach Smith after Coach Smith decleated him during one game. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> oh, yeah, there's man. a video. <laughs> I got to find this now. 
<laughs> Just tweet Gunner. He may have the video ready. <laughs> He's got it loaded. <laughs> yeah, he was he was coming after me for a couple of weeks after that happened, but it, it, it's all good. He he's uh you know I I for from a coaching standpoint when you you go to places and I've been blessed to be uh, in parades with him and stuff and he just makes things uh, kids love him he's a kid magnet uh, and makes it fun and, and he brings out you know the even even adults he gets them smiling and laughing and interacting and it's just not just the kids he brings the best out of everybody and so uh, when you got a good mascot uh, and something to kill that downtime in between timeouts or TV timeouts media timeouts uh, it just makes it that much better. Well, gents, before we let you go, uh, we need to tell, ask you guys, uh, where can the fans find you social media wise for all three of you? Or do they want you, all of them to go to one location? That is Warbirds on Twitter. Uh, Twitter isn't really we, we use Facebook a lot more than Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So we're WTX Warbird football. Um, we're also at warbirdfootball.com. Um I mean, those are our two main platforms. We do have a Twitter. I mean, if you want to find any three of us, I mean, we don't have any, you know, aliases or anything like that. So if you want to come find us, you know where to look. Um, but yeah, WTX Warbird Football, or um, you know, all of our handles are the same. WTX Warbirds. Okay, nice. Uh, and we'll be sure, like I said, we're going to be highlighting, of course, season ticket packages and everything. You got the crawl down here on our video, uh, which, by the way, I'll list that off call 432-366-3541 or visit warbudsfootball.com to look and get in your tickets. And you'll see on the screen here is their season ticket package right there that's been posted out. Uh, anything that we need to mention for this for you guys uh, that you want to pay attention for for like season tickets or trying to purchase tickets that we're missing? I mean, honestly, for starters, I don't mean to call you guys out, but the phone number is actually not correct. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's my bad then. <laughs> no, you're good, man. That's my bad trying to get fast and trying not to check, double check my research. But if anybody calls, they're probably calling, you know, that could kind of call a CM and they're like, yeah, well, good luck. You know, kind of a deal. So, <laughs> and it's warbirdfootball.com, isn't it, Leif? It's not warbirds, yeah. not plural. I think it'll it'll still take them to a Google search if it comes up on that though. I think I've got it finally. Set. Cool. All but, right. Well, but yeah, we'll get the- just appreciate everything y'all have been doing and keep up the good work and bringing awareness to the league. Well, thank you very much. We'll get that sorted out, of course, number wise and uh, information wise on our own social medias for you guys too, and that'll be posted the correct one in the description. Guaranteed, we will have those corrected. So if you hear that. Go down below, check out and check check out your Warbirds over there in Odessa, Texas. If you want to catch some arena football action, true arena football action, by the way, really the only one in the country that is doing that, and we are glad to say that here on this show, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Glad to have this as a primer to the West Texas Warbirds for those that are especially want to check out the team, and for those maybe that are on the fence about checking out the team this season over in over in the Midland community there communities there. Uh, We can't wait to watch you guys play in 2023.